This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly and you're listening to the Fantasy Book Club podcast. Reading <laughs> books. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why did you do that? I was trying to. So you know how radio stations have like the little like you say your name and then you're listening to. Yeah. Yada, 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 radio station and then the tagline. That's, that's, that's what I was doing. Sydney, that's what I do at the beginning when I say. I book club. <laughs> but I wanted to do it too, but in my own way. And uh, so I made our tagline reading books. That's what we're doing. That's our tagline. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of reading books, this week we read uh, chapters 25, 26, and 27 of Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. Yep. So make sure you have those reds yep. read before you continue listening. And as an early reminder, what are they reading next week, Sydney? Uh, next week, you are reading chapters 28 and then uh, the interludes 4, 5, and 6. So 28 and the first three of these interludes. Yes. So you're going to end at interlude 6. Yes. It's going to be confusing, but you got to follow with us. Yes, it will be confusing. What's the interlude interlude they're stopping at title? That might help a little bit. uh, So the, I mean, it's the last interlude of this little section. Don't, oh, you, oh, finish the interlude. Yes, so you you read all the interludes. So chapter 28, the regular chapter, and then all three of the interludes. Easy, easy. So just stop when you get back to the regular chapters. Book. Good to know. But before we can get there, we have to get through these chapters, Sydney. Uh, the first chapter we read this week is 25, The Butcher, and that's yours. So you yes, go ahead and start whenever you're ready. So this is seven years ago again. And uh, so we have, uh, from Cal's perspective, from Little Cal, little like Caladim. Baby baby Cal. Baby Cal. Um, and he is standing in an alleyway between two house- houses. And he's uh, listening to some ladies talk crap about his family, basically. And they've claimed that the rumor is that his father stole uh all the uh spheres that um the old city the old uh whatever his name is city lord the old city lord uh gave him and the rumor is that he he stole them he faked the will uh wrote it himself and then because the guy was dying got the guy to sign it without him realizing really what he was signing yeah um so that's that's the rumor and cal is very unhappy about this and he knows that his father would just leave it leave it alone and walk away, um, mm-hmm. not be seen. But Cal is like, nah. And so Kaladin goes in front and like walks past them and lets them clearly know that he heard everything they just said. I like that. Um, so so not I mean, at least he didn't I was actually worried when I was reading this that he was going to say something and just start a fight. And I was like, let's not do that. Say something, I'm giving up on you. Good job. Thank you. My bien. Might be in. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. I so didn't deserve that. <laughs> um, but so Kaladin uh, walks away and he goes and finds his mom. And Ooh. she is up on a ladder cleaning off like so when it rains, they the rain creates these little like stalactite things. Yeah, because the rain is full of creme, which can be used yes. for pot- pottery. But like yes. creme is essentially like liquid rock, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um. But basically, her job is she cleans all. She cleans these off the roofs. Is her job. Yeah. Um, yes, indeed. So she goes. Calden goes and talks to her, and basically, he's like, "Everyone hates dad. 
Yep. Like nobody likes him. And his his mom's like, no, that's that's not true. Like you don't say dumb things. <laughs> don't say dumb things. Don't... That's a good thing to say to a child. <laughs> don't, don't say, say dumb, dumb things, Kaladin. Come on, what are you doing? So basically what he tells her is that um basically what he heard. He just he just repeats what what uh he heard the ladies talking about and how they think that his father stole the spheres and faked the will and all that. Yep. And she's basically like Come on now. We we know that's not true. You know, they're going to say things. It's just it's it is what it is. Like, yeah. you know, um, and Cowden Cowden's like, I hate that they think that he fails too much. Like they they blame him for these things. Yeah. When people die and it's not his fault. Yeah. Like they don't understand that he can't save everyone. It's just not possible. Absolutely. And she's like, yeah, you know, that that's true. And basically Cowden's like, I wish we could be normal. I wish we could be like. A baker or a farmer or something like that. Yep. And Kaladin's like, you don't really wish that because you know how much work you would have to be doing? Yeah, not like, Kaladin, his mom. Yes. His mom says this. Yes, his mom says <clears throat> that. His mom is like, you know how much work they yeah. do every single day and you don't have to do that. All you have to do is study and like things like that. Like it's still hard work, but not this in the same way. And she's like, you really wouldn't like that. And Kaladin's like, well, at least they still have friends. Mm-hmm. And, and his mom's like, well, you do. You have TN. And Calvin's like, that's my brother, mother. That's different. Yeah. Which is kind of fair, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I get it. The idea of like your only friend being your sibling, that yeah. feels really, I had that for a time. It's just kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, but Calvin's mom is kind of like, I'm not dealing with this really. And so she goes back to work and Calvin basically still, he's still complaining. He's like, I hate them for making these things up. I hate them. And Calvin's yeah. like, or his mom's like, don't hate people, Cal. Come on. They're good people. Calvin's a real hater in this yes. chapter. Uh, she says, don't hate them, Cal. They're good people. In this case, they're just repeating what they've heard. Um, and basically, we're learning that the new city lord is supposed to be coming soon. Yeah. Uh, because they're getting a new one. Um, Kaladin thinks about uh, Laryl. So if you remember Laryl, that's the daughter of the old city lord who just passed. Yeah. City, or, um, city lord Wislow. Yes. And Kaladin hasn't seen her since her father died because... Her uh, nurse doesn't is now overseeing her time and yeah. doesn't like her to be mingling with boys. Yep. And then Calden, uh promptly ends up thinking about the fact that his parents encouraged him to play with Laryl because they were trying to set them up. <laughs> Was literally the whole the whole thing. And his mom kind of doesn't his mom kind of like say that like yeah, yeah kind of. Uh, Calden says that's why you encouraged me to play with Laryl so much. You wanted to marry me off to her, didn't you? And his mom says it was a possibility, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny. And Calden's like, oh, how do I feel about this? And he thinks about it, and he he's like, it would he kind of I think he kind of had feelings for her. Yeah. And she I think kind of had feelings for him, but like child feelings. Yeah. Yes, child feelings, but also. He doesn't like the idea that if he had married Laryl, he would have always been below her. Yeah. He doesn't like that they would be unequal and his children would have the chance of being light eyes as well. And so mm-hmm. they would have been above him, too. And he doesn't like that idea. And that so feels I think, like a little bit of toxic masculinity. Yeah, to not, not great. I can't marry her. She's too strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also. Marry your strong wife. <laughs> Men, marry your strong wife. <laughs> yes. It's a good thing to do. Yes. Marry, marry your... Yes, I agree. Um, But he also thinks about the fact that maybe that's why he wanted to be a soldier so badly. Yeah. And why she encouraged him constantly to be a soldier. Because he thinks that maybe, like, if he had been a soldier, there would have been the chance that he could have won a shard blade and become a light-eyed himself. 
This is so it's so weird how much of the story has been based on this thing that even they everyone knows hasn't happened like ever. Yeah. Like it's so so much of this story has been based on like you can win a shard blade. Yeah. It on the thing that like also it hasn't happened for 12,000 years or yep. whatever. That's crazy. Yep. It's it's like so much of the story is like if somebody here now just yeah. talked about a whole, remember imagine a whole story whose premise was like everyone is getting themselves killed because they could wear, win the Powerball like that's not, not right but if you lose you die it's not even like you could win the Powerball uh, and it, nothing happens yeah you can try the Powerball and die yep that's crazy that is crazy um but his thoughts get interrupted by his dad who comes running and is like, they're here, they're here, like the new city lord's here. There's a procession. Yeah. And um, we learn that the new city lord's name is Bright Lord Rashon. 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 Sounds like a cool guy. And basically they're like, we have no time. Uh, Liren, who is uh, Cowden's dad, is like, we have no time to change. We need to go to catch his first speech. We have to go now. Yeah. And so they uh, run on ahead and Liren talks about the fact that the city lord didn't uh, send word that they were on their way. Yeah. Like, he just usually, kind of he just kind of shut up. And his, Liren's like, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or not. Yeah. Like, this could be a bad thing for us. And they just, they don't know anything about him. So they don't know whether he's going to be really nice, like the old city lord, or whether he's going to be a terrible person. Like, they don't know yet. Uh, so they start to head into, like, the city where they're, they're meeting. And they get there, and Tien's there already. And he's so excited. And he's like, hanging out by the rain barrels and he's standing on them and people are making fun like the other kids are making fun of Tien and that makes Cal angry but he knows that he can't go over there and say anything because his his parents are around and there's with the city lord coming he doesn't yeah. want to cause a whole commotion anyways real quick pause okay also Liren as he's running says I, I why does every time a new bright uh, light eyes come if you like this you never know if you're going to throw the queen or the tower yes is his words so be aware it's it's a he's talking about a game in yeah. the world and which we gets learned, explained about later yes so i'll, I'll explain it I'll, I'll explain it in detail at later because it, it pops up at yeah. the end of this chapter but i just think it's a, an important little thing of he said why does it feel like uh, a game of breakneck are we going to throw the queen or the tower and then we get explained what that means later yes on. um so as they're waiting for the city lord to get there they're watching his like procession and he's got like a crap ton of things he it basically he says there's dozens of like people uh, riding in wagons, yeah. walking in groups. More um, there's dozens of soldiers. Uh, the light eyes even had his own honor guard. Yeah, and so Kaladin thinks that maybe the new bright lord or the new uh, city lord, yeah, had maybe been like promoted yes. by Sadius or the king. Because remember, King Gavilar was alive at this time. Yep. Uh so that's that's what they uh, Kaladin thinks maybe happened. Yep. And he's really excited to see him because. He's like, oh, he must have been a soldier. Like, I'm really, I'm really pumped to see this guy and see what he looks like. And eventually, the carriage it it stops, mm -hmm. and the horses stop, and mm -hmm. people get out and open the door, mm -hmm. and the guy gets out. The uh, uh, light eyes get gets out. The new city lord, and he's wearing like this long like skirt thing called a, a takama. Takama. Yeah. Um. Takama. It's very rare for people to wear them, but uh, you know, old soldiers um in town. It says. It says old soldiers in town spoke of the days when they've been popular as warriors garb. So it's it's rare to see them, but this guy is wearing one. And when he gets out, Rashon, remember his name is Rashon. Yeah. He gets out, out and he seems a little too old, a little too flabby to be a true soldier, is what Kaladin thinks. Yes. Um, but he is wearing a sword and he looks around the crowd and he's just got this like ew 
face. On. Like, <laughs> his, his facial expression is basically of you, gross. And then he turns around to leave, and yeah, back it, everyone's carriage. like, "What? Where are you going? You're not going to say anything." And then Kaladin's dad shouts, "Right, Lord Rashon." He says, uh, "The uh, Rashon turns around and says, who spoke?'" And uh, Liren says, "Bright Lord, was your trip pleasant? Please, can we show you the t- the town?" What is your name? Liren, Bright Lord, Hearthstone sur- uh, Surgeon. Ah, you're the one who let old Wistio die. In a way, it's your fault. I'm in this pitiful, miserable quarter of the kingdom. Hmm. And then I <laughs> like your grunt. He grunts. And then he turns around and climbs back into his carriage and leaves. And everyone is like, "Oh." Dude hates the people of the town already. Not great. Yeah. Not great. And Calden thinks, Calden thinks, I guess we could expect the warrior to be Kurt, right? <laughs> Which, um, Calden, I don't, I don't think that's quite how you should treat your people, but okay. I, res- I, I respect Calden for still trying to respect the guy. I know. Um, At this point, Calden still thinks like light eyes are cool and powerful by yep. will of God yep. and not just bad people. Yep. So he's still like trying to make this guy a good guy. He's still a positive 13 year old. Yeah. Before his hopes and dreams get crushed. Crushed in the bits. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, that's coming soon. <laughs> but <laughs> Sometime in the next seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, I didn't mention this earlier. His mother's name is Hasina. Love Hasina. Hasina. Just, she's such just a, saying. She's also a cool lady too. Yeah. She's fun. I like her a lot. She's one of my favorite ladies. Yeah. But I just I didn't say her name earlier, so I just wanted everyone yeah. to know, even though you should, because you should have read. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. Um, but Hasina says, What did you think? Do we did we throw the queen of the tower? And Liren's answer is neither. He says, uh, a pair in a trio, maybe, is what he thinks yeah. maybe they threw. And so basically what this means is I'll I'll read this. Um it says, uh in and break in the breakneck, it says the tower was three pairs in game of, of breakneck. The queen was two trios. The first was an outright loss. So if you throw a tower, it's an outright loss. Lose. And then, but if you throw a queen, that's an outright win. win. However, if you have a pair and a trio, it's called the butcher. And whether you won or not would depend on the other throws you made. And more importantly, on the throws of everyone else. So basically what his dad thinks is they haven't outright failed with yeah. this new city lord, but they haven't outright won either. Right. And he thinks that what is going to happen is depending on... Their his family's moves, his yeah. moves, the moves of the si- of the people in the city depends on whether this guy is going to be terrible or not. Yeah, and also if this like yeah we didn't lose, but this guy might suck still and we'll lose. That's yeah. kind of so idea. they basically that's that's the whole idea. I hey. think personally that he's going to be terrible. <laughs> For your theory of them of uh, something happening and all your people dying due to him. Yep. To come true, he has to be terrible. Oh, for sure. Just from this short interaction, I can tell you that. Rashon is going to be a horrible, terrible human Doesn't being. Doesn't seem super sweet at all. No, absolutely not. I'm not a fan already. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any additional theories about this chapter? Um, not really. All right, we can move right on. Okay. To, to chapter 26. Its title is Stillness, and we have another little cut of Sydney's famous letter. Yay! It goes like this: I am being chased. Your friends of the 17th Shard, I suspect. I believe they're still lost, following a false trail I left for them. They'll be happier in a. They'll be happier that way. I doubt they have any inkling what to do with me should they actually catch me. Yep. So who's writing it? I think that whoever wrote The Way of Kings, not Brandon Sanderson. Oh, the book in the book. The book in the book wrote this. Okay. Also, I think the person who wrote The Way of Kings, what I'm holding, also wrote this. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, yes. (laughs) Did you think that was funny? I thought that was funny. It made me laugh. Thank Uh, you. This is a Dalinar (laughs) chapter. 
Um, sure is. Your boy is sitting there. He's getting he's getting a, a passage of uh, the Way of Kings read to him. You know why I, I thought that this little letter thing was written by whoever wrote the yeah. Way of Kings? It's just because this section that gets read just gives me like kind of the similar same vibes. vibes. Yeah, that's I'm gonna, all. I'm just going to just it's not a dramatic reading because I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read what Litma reads to Dalinar. OK, yes. It goes like this. I stood in the darkened monastery chamber. Its far reaches painted with pools of black where light did not wander. I sat on the floor thinking of that dark, that unseen. I could not know for certain what was hidden in that night. I suspected there were walls, sturdy and thick, but could I know without seeing them? When all was hidden, what could a man rely on as true? Candle flames. A dozen candles burned themselves to death on the shelf before me. Each of my breaths made them tremble. To them, I... I was a behemoth to frighten and destroy. And yet, if I strayed too close, they could destroy me. My invisible breath, the pulses of life that flowed in and out, could end them freely. But my fingers could not do the same without being repaired, without being repaid in pain. I understand, I understood in a moment of stillness, those candles flames were like the lives of men. So fragile, so deadly, left alone, they lit and warmed. Let run rampant, they would destroy the very things they were meant to illuminate. Embryotic bonfires, each bearing a seed of destruction so potent, it could tumble cities and dash kings to their knees. In later years, my mind would return to that calm, silent evening when I had stared at rows of living lights and I would, un and I would understand. To be given loyalty is to be infused like a jedstone. To be granted the frightful license to destroy not only oneself, but all within one's care. Okay, real quick. This is why I think the letter thing is because in this he talks about like in the way of kings the book yeah he talks about uh like the people following him or whatever yeah and in the letter it talks about the guy being chased but followed is not chased it can be yeah but he's talking about a kingdom being followed like a king being followed by okay uh, well regardless i still think you still that, think it's the same guy i think it's maybe not necessarily the same person but i think I think the book and the letters are related. Right. All right. Um, so th basically that little story is what Dalinar is thinking about right now. How like essentially this is just a show. The Way of Kings, the book within the book is yes. like a guide for leadership. Everything we've heard about it from it so far has been a guide for leadership for uh, a good, a quote unquote good king. Like to understand that I have the power to snuff out hundreds and they also can pick, bring pain to me and burn down my kingdom. Yes. Like that. So basically it's just like how to be a good king has been continually the story. Um, and Dalinar is getting that read to him. And he's sitting there. And, of course, he's in his head because when is Dalinar not in his own head? He's always in his head. I feel bad for him, to be honest. Yeah. He's thinking about what if the visions were just, like, fantasies? What are they making up? Um, he's really, really confused. Thinking about how the saying unite them feels a lot like the heresy of the uh, hierocracy of yeah. the of the priests trying to take over the world. Um, so... He also doesn't like the fact that his barracks is supposed to be a war camp. In the barracks, he feels like he's in a mansion and everything feels too nice and he yep. hates everything. He does hate everything. And he's super confused and sad all the time. Yep. He he basically he's like, I'm supposed to be a murder machine. When did I get into the philosophy side of ruling a kingdom? Oof. I'm supposed to be the the sword and not the book, you know? Yeah. The the soldier, not the poet. Uh, but he's he's struggling with that. And Renarin comes up very kindly and says, Father, is there something I can do for you? 
And Dalinar's like, nah, 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 fam. I'm just super confused all the time. Uh, uh, I love Renarin, though. He's so he's so gentle. Yes. Renarin also brings up Adolin, which is probably not the best time for that. Mm, Renarin no. goes, Adolin says we should be far more worried about Sadius's ploy to destroy us than we are. This is how I picture him talking. Is it really? Yeah, I picture him. He's very, <laughs> he's very boyish in my brain. Oh, for sure. I agree with that one, too. Uh, and Dalinar's like... Uh, your brother's right to worry about Sadius, but Sadius won't try and destroy us. I need to believe that he won't try to destroy us, which Dalinar keeps saying over and over. Do we really believe this, though, Dalinar? Do we really? Are you sure? I mean, the vision told him to. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But but are you sure you're not just going crazy? Maybe this vision is from someone who's trying to hurt you, not help you. I don't actually believe that, but it would be funny. What do you believe? I believe a lot of things. What do you believe about this book? (laughs) Believe a lot of things about this book, too. Yeah, but what do you believe about the visions? (laughs) I'll keep it more specific. (laughs) No, okay. Um... I don't know. I, I think that they're real. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really it. I do think they're real. Fair enough. That would be a plot twist, though, if they were, like, from someone who Made was like, psych! Up. Yeah, it sucks to be you. No. Um. Anyway, uh, while they're continuing to talk, suddenly horns start sounding, and it's like he's doing the math. Where is it? Which means it's a chasm fiend. Yes. Painting. Yep. He's doing the math. Where is this? Where is this? Oh, crap. We can get this one. And he sits about it, and he's considering just not going after it because he doesn't really do that anymore he but doesn't he, want to but then he has a thought no no i need to do this and he says we march and a bunch of his generals go whoop and he's like that's not a lefty of you but okay <laughs> and, um dalinar then like bolts basically says go get adolin and then he bolts to the armor place to get his his uh shard plate yep. put on yep um and they, they had to put shard plate on from the bottom up because it's too heavy for a man to hold the top half on his own. Yeah. So that they need to like the boots, the strength, the uh, extra strength the boots give to his feet help him hold the greaves and the extra strength the greaves give yep. help him hold. So it, like it, it like builds like a Tetris tower. Around it's a him. whole thing. It's kind of it was kind of interesting to read. Like it's a lot of information that we can't really talk about here because it's hard to explain. But it is very interesting to think about how that all works. The straps tighten on their own too, which is kind of weird. Yeah. As he steps in, the shard plate, as if it like knows him, yeah, tightens itself around him in a way. Yep. Which is weird and magical and kind of cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um. Also, there's like no gaps, as has been said before. It's yep. like there's no chainmail or leather. It's somehow sm- just plates that get ever smaller, and yep. so they until they become nothing. Yep. Which is wild. Yeah, it is really cool. Um. Anyway. Uh. And. The, a dude runs up named Taleb and tries to convince Dalinar once again to use men carried bridges. Yep. And Dalinar says no. But Taleb's like, well, what if we use them just to get to the plateau and then use your your chal pulled ones onto like to put the last bridge yeah, up? Yeah. So no one would be shot by arrows. They wouldn't do like a bridge run with it. Yes. And Dalinar, they wouldn't they wouldn't be killed. Dalinar isn't convinced that would make it faster, but he basically says, train one bitch group. And we could see with one. Yeah. Uh, which Okay, Dalinar, I guess you don't. You're, he's not planning to kill anybody. He's not planning to use slaves. But still, no, I don't like the use of bridge crew. Yeah, I don't either. But at least I do respect the fact that he is not willing to let them do the final the final section. Yeah. And um, when when they're d- uh, getting ready still, basically just keep talking about getting ready. Adolin's get it, Adolin has now been armored up and meets up with Dalinar. Yep. And they find their uh, horses waiting for them. Actually, wait, no, before that happens, uh, Dalinar and Aelin talk about there's a new woman here. Um, 
there's like a mashallah has shown real up. quick yeah before that happened what i missed um dalinar decided to be a child for about a couple seconds and go running through the halls and jumping oh yeah jumping down the stairs that's yeah. all yeah yeah i remember i should have said that because that made me happy when it happened uh-huh like good for him having a good time letting yep. himself have fun with this idea of like a fight yep um and then uh <laughs> the, the woman that adolin is bringing wants to come into battle with them and dalinar's like uh that's a man's work also, real quick, another thing that I thought you should mention that you didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> but I keep missing Adeline apologizes. Oh, right. So, uh, but not not in a real way, which is I appreciate. No, yeah. He apologizes. I, I want to read the words he says because it's good. He says, here, Father, and I'm not sorry. I, basically, he's not sorry about what he said, but he is sorry for how and where he said it. Uh, and Dalinar appreciates that. Yes. Which yep. is nice. Okay. Sorry. I missed a few, a few, a few important beats. That's there. okay. I, I, I turned the page halfway down and thought I wouldn't miss anything important. Turns out the bottom half of that page had a lot of stuff for me. <laughs> you tried. Um, That's all that matters. You tried. Yes. Uh, basically, the man, the he, like I said, Dalinar's thrown off that the girl wants to go to battle, but he kind of just like, uh, okay. And <laughs> they start moving. The, the Everyone's ready. And Dalinar goes, we march. And before he can, a voice says, Bright Lord. High Prince Sadius has demanded admittance to the war camp. Uh, and Dalinar and Adolin both are like... Like what I just did. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and Dalinar says, admit him. And uh, then they go and get the horses. Adolin is still convinced da- uh, Sadius wants us to get him murdered. I love this, by the way. When they meet with their horses, Dalinar's the thought... These horses know when they're needed, and if the if the groomsmen take too long, they will let themselves out of their can, uh, pens I love that. and go get Dalinar. I wish I had a horse like this. That'd be so cool. So uh, you need to find yourself a Rashadium. Where? <laughs> I don't think we have Rashadiums in this world. Fantasyland. Um, and then Bright Lord Sadius shows up, and Dalinar's like, this is inconvenient. And Sadia says, unfortunately, his majesty is very eager to have answers. You can't tell me he didn't plan this on purpose. Oh, it seems very much that oh, way. Oh, for sure. He's basically, uh, Sadia's like, I'll keep up with you guys because you're super slow. And I will interview your soldiers while you march. And Dalinar can't say no because Sadius is the high prince of information. And yeah. so in this regard, he is like above Dalinar, essentially. Uh, and so Dalinar just kind of says, okay. Then they begin walking. And they walk. And they walk. And he thinks about his little bridges and how they're cool and his like tall pulled ones and how they're slow, but they're armored and they are yeah. uh, a, a neat way. He thinks maybe these the uh, a man carried bridge would be faster for the first couple. And they walk. And Sadius is uh, one at a time taking people out of line to like interview them. Yep. And they keep walking. Yep. Um, and eventually uh, Sadius walks back up to Dalinar to have a little conversation with Dalinar, which I want to do as a dramatic reading. Okay. Here it goes. Let's go. Your soldiers are quite loyal to you, Sadius noted as he arrived. Loyalty is the first lesson of a soldier's life, Dalinar said. I would be worried if these men hadn't yet mastered it. Sadius sighed. Really, Dalinar? Must you always be so sanctimonious? Dalinar didn't reply. It's odd how a leader's influence can affect his men, Sadius said. So many of these are like smaller versions of you. Bundles of emotion wrapped up and tied until they become stiff from the pressure. They're so sure in some ways, yet so insecure in others. Dalinar kept his jaw clenched. What is your game, Sadius? Sadius smiled, leaning in, speaking softly. You want so badly to snap at me, don't you? Even in the old days, you hated it when someone implied that you were insecure. Back then, your displeasure often ended your displeasure often ended with a head or two rolling across the stones. I killed many who did not deserve death, 
down our said, A man should not fear losing his head because he took one too many sips of wine. Perhaps, Sadia said lightly. But don't you ever want to let it out as you used to? Doesn't it pound on you inside like someone trapped within a large drum, beating, banging, trying to claw free? Yes, Dalinar said. The admissions seemed to surprise Sadius. And the thrill, Dalinar? Do you still feel the thrill? Men didn't often speak of the thrill, the joy and lust for battle. It was a private thing. I feel each of the things you mentioned, Sadius, Dalinar said, eyes forward. But I don't always let them out. A man's emotions are what define him, and control is the hallmark of truth strength. To lack feeling is to be dead, but to act on every feeling is to be a child. That has the stink of a quote about it, Dalinar. From Gavilar's little book of virtues, I assume? Yes. Doesn't it bother you at all that the Radiance betrayed us? Legends. The Recreance is an event so old, it might as well be in the Shadow Days. What did the Radiance really do? Why did they do it? We don't know. We know enough. They used elaborate tricks to imitate great powers and pretend a holy calling. When their deceptions were discovered, they fled. Their powers were not lies. They were real. Oh, Sadia said, amused. You know this. Didn't you just say the events was so old it might as well have been in the shadow days? If the Radiance had such marvelous powers, why can nobody reproduce them? Where did those incredible skills go? I don't know. Dalinar said softly. Perhaps we're just not worthy of them any longer. That's such an interesting little... I don't know. Sadius just upsets me so much. <laughs> He's such a ball. I hate Sadius. But but Sydney, this yes. conversation, uh, what, what does Dalinar believe? Dalinar believes that the Radiants were not bad. Yeah. What else does he believe? Their the, magic is real. Their magic is real, yes. Uh... And basically, they maybe didn't betray people. Yes, which is, I agree with Dalinar. I do not What think, do you believe? I believe that the Radiants didn't betray people, that for some reason they had to do something and people thought they betrayed them, yep. but they didn't actually, like, it wasn't an like, intentional betrayal. betrayal. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. I think, Dalinar, I think Dalinar is right. And about the powers, I guess we saw them in the visions. If you think the visions are real, yeah, no, I think I think the powers are real too. Like I think everything Dalinar believes is correct. Well, not maybe not everything, but like I think this what what we just talked about, what Dalinar just said, I think is correct in what actually happened. Yep. Um, and then basically, Sadius is uh, Dalinar brings up to Sadius, uh, we need to unite the war camps, and Sadius is like, to do what to win the war. Sadius says, "That's what I'm doing. I'm killing the Parshendi. I'm I'm doing my work." Yeah. And Dalinar basically is like. No, we're not. We can be doing more. And then the chapter skips ahead. Yep. And in this next second, they're one step, they're one plateau away from the plateau where the pupating uh, guy is. The, um, what are they called? Parshendi beat yep. them there. Yep. Adolin and Dalinar are at the front of their army. They say, uh, Dalinar says to Adolin, are you ready? And Adolin says, yes. And Dalinar's like, you never complain about the way we attack. And Adolin says, this is the best way. They're my men too. And what is the point of being a shard bearer if we can't lead the charge? I agree with this. And then their swords drop into their hands. They rush across the plateau they're on, leap across the chasm, and yep. start killing Parshendi left and right with their yep. shard blade in a freaking awesome, awesome, uh, yes. uh, uh, well-described moment of sweeping out and watching their watching the enemies die. Yep. Orange blood spilling everywhere. Yep. Barely getting overwhelmed. I love, can I just say that I love the fact that 
um, Adeline and Dalinar go first in every battle. Yep. And they don't, because I feel like every other high prince hangs out at the back. Yep. Until their soldiers have done all the killing. Yeah, absolutely. And then they take the glory for themselves. Mm-hmm. But Adeline and Dalinar just go for it. They just, they do it themselves. And I'm a fan of that. And the thrill grows within Dalinar. The thrill of the battle, the lust for war. It grows. And in my image for making this movie, as the thrill grows, the um, color grading of the film changes and it gets slightly red tinted as the thrill grows within them. And so everything is like rose tinted goggles as he murders. He loves it. He's doing a great job. He's killing everybody. And He's even the throws convincing him they did need to fight. Why aren't we fighting more Pat Toes? We need to we need to kill Parshendi. This is the way to win the war. Yep. And then suddenly, bam, back to real color, hyper real color. Dalinar looks around and sees the dead bodies and realizes the the massive amounts of murder and 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 terrible feelings yep. he's caused for these people. And so it's so bad seeing this that he literally falls to the ground, like he takes a knee, and Adolin needs to jump over and start uh help protecting him. Yep. Um and Dalinar is like, uh, he has a moment of panic and uh, he forced himself to get up and keep fighting. And because he needed to win for, for he says, for Adolin, for his men. Um, and then he's like, why was I so freaked out by this? The Prashendi killed Gavilar. It's right to kill them. It, I, I'm supposed to fight. I'm a soldier. Fighting is what I do. Yep. And the thrill starts taking over again. Yep. And he starts seeing it again. And once again, gone. He's he, all of a sudden, once again, he realizes, holy crap, look at the death I've caused. Yep. And the panic, everything. Um, and uh, he also hears a voice in his head looking at his shard blade. Once these weapons met protecting. Who's that, Sydney? I think that's whoever is giving him the visions or whoever's talking in his visions. Yeah, but guess who it is? I do not know. Fair enough. I, I, I think it's like one of the like the radiance or. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's all. That's all I got for you. Sorry. <laughs> right right near where he is. The bridges slam into place finally. His mechanical bridges. His army rushes across. And then the voice, once again, the weird voice in his head. Life before death. Yep. You have any guesses? Nope. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and uh, he glanced across, back across the, ch- the chasm and sees freaking Sadius outside of bow range just chilling and watching. Um, freaking Sadius yeah he couldn't even help Gallant on his own accord crosses the bridge goes to get Dal- Dalinar and lets him hop up on his back because Gallant's freaking baller love Gallant yes that's that's his horse just saying uh, and th- yeah 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 it's the Rashadium and uh, he charged in the battle to s- protect his men and he's thinking of it protecting not killing he even yep. has a thought though this is not what the Radiants fought for but at least it was something yeah. Then it skips ahead to the end of the battle. And of course they won because they have two full shard bearers. <laughs> that would be really sad if they lost. That'd yeah. be really depressing. Did you like the way I described that fight? I had fun yeah. describing it that way. You did a good job. Thank you. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Dalinar, after they, w- they won the battle, Dalinar's sitting there watching. He's tired. He took his helm off. Um, Adolin is doing is chopping up the, the pupating great shell trying to get the heart. Yep. There's glory spread rising among his men because they just won the fight. Um, and Adolin is, like I said, he's cutting out the shell. Uh, and Dalinar finds himself walking away and looking to the distance uh, where the Parshendi were, were retreating. Because Parshendi, the way they, they attack and retreat, they can just leap chasms. They're, they're able to jump them. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
like like I said, he now he's walking around. He's looking at the Parshendi corpses and he's thinking like, I don't feel gross about these anymore, but I don't feel glory for having killed these people. Yep. Um, and it was weird that the thrill is subdued. Like he he was really confused as to why the thrill uh didn't do anything because it should have brought clarity, but instead it did the opposite. Yep. Um, and Dalinar's like, I'm a warrior. What's happening to me? That seems like a fair thing to to be confused about. <laughs> And then he looks up and across the plateau, he sees a group of Prashendi. They're looking at him and standing at the front of them is a, is a full shard bearer Prashendi. Yep. Why hadn't, Dalinar thinks, why wasn't that man fighting? Yep. Why were they standing back and letting their, their army die? Yep. Um, you have a guess? I think that they were off doing something else. Ah. I think, I think. The Barshendi have this other secret plan, and I think their little battle fights are like fake. Uses distractions. Like yeah, yes, like a distraction while their shard bearers are off doing other things. Yeah. Like I don't know what, but I I think that they're off doing something else. And yeah, that's yeah. what I think. And then the Parshendi turns and leaps across the plains. And off they go. Bye bye. Okay. Couple things. I actually didn't I really enjoyed doing that chapter. <laughs> I had a good time. I'm glad you I enjoyed loved, it, Colin. I love describing fights. I think I it's know so you fun describing fights. Don't, <laughs> don't patronize no, me. No, I don't mean that in a patronizing way. I'm just saying. I feel like I did a good job. I was you proud did. of myself. I didn't say you didn't. You did do a good <laughs> job, Colin. I, would be, I, I should make this a show because I would have so much fun directing how the visuals for this stuff would look. Yeah. Um. I would need so much freaking money, though. Um, imagine, yeah. imagine the like hundred extras that need to be in full Parshendi makeup. This book would have to be a show and not a movie because oh, hundred percent. It's um, too long, or it would have to be split into like two separate movies. Unless they can get like a, a, a Marvel budget, like seven movie deal. Yeah, they need a TV show to do this. Yes, like for a, sure. Like a Disney funded TV show too. Like it needs to be. It's a. It's kind of a hard deal. Yeah. Um, but we're back into it. That was chapter 26. Moving on, Sydney, now to chapter 27. Yeah, so chapter 27, which is titled Chasm Duty. And the little letter thing says, if anything, I have set... Oops, that's not how that English works. Yeah, English is hard, Sydney. That's okay. We, 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 <laughs> There's no comment Hey, Sydney, there. you're doing your best. That's all that matters. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, let me try this again. Yep. If anything I have said makes a glimmer of sense to you, I trust that you'll call them off. Or maybe you could astound me and ask them to do something productive for once. <laughs> the amount of sass in that sentence yeah, cracks me up. Because it's, it's talking to the guy who sent people chasing after yes. him. And he's like, my friend, try. This guy, the guy writing this letter is so sassy and I love it. Do you have any other guesses who it is? Still think it's the guy who wrote the book? Uh, yes, I do. But Kay. I don't really know. Continue. Um, anyway, so we're with Kaladin again. Yeah. Yeah. Love Kaladin. And he's back in the apothecary shop and uh, he goes in. Apothecary and, shop. Apothecary and shop. Thank you for that. It's to the tune of drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, <laughs> he, the apothecary is like, what do you need? Like more bandages? Like I might just have stuff. And Cowden sets down a thing of the uh, milky uh, knobweeb sap that they got. They've already used some of it on the injured and it's actually like worked. The Like the rot sprint has gone away. Like they're starting to heal, which is really, really good. Yeah. And the apothecary, when uh, Cowden sets it down, the apothecary is like, what is this? You offering me a drink? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Because he thinks it's like liquor. And Calden's like, it's knobweeb sap. And the guy's like, where the heck did you get this? Yeah. And he's like, from the reeds growing outside the camp. And the apothecary says, worthless, I'm afraid. The wild weeds aren't potent enough. Yeah. 
he says, this is practically useless. I'll give you two clear marks for it, which is being generous. I'll have to distill it and we'll be lucky to get a couple couple of spoonfuls. And Calden's like, what? How? What? Why? Yeah. And then he was like, wait a minute. This worked on, on Layton's wound because now the rot spun is, is gone. The infection is starting to retreat. Like they're starting to do so much better. And um, the apothecary says, he says, actually, I'll give you three. Hate to see all of your effort go to waste. And Syl, who is yeah. sitting on Calden's shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. Hey, try it one shoulder. more time, Sydney. Hey, Sydney, try it one more time. What, what, what is Syl doing? Shoulder. Where's Syl? Sitting on Kaladin's shoulder. Nailed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got it, Sydney. I'm so proud of you. I don't actually know she even is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my anyway, goodness. she's with Kaladin. You made it up and then had You got what trouble. I meant. Oh, um, goodness, so I feel funny. like she's usually sitting on his shoulder, so it made sense. She's, but she, she just, might not be in this She does spend situation. a lot of time up there, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. But anyways, so uh, she says, Kaladin, he's nervous about something. I think he's lying. And Kaladin's like, oh, yeah, I know. And the guy's like, who are you talking to, my friend? Yeah. And Kaladin says, hey, wait a minute. We got two or more drops from each read, you know. Last time, you told me I'd be lucky to get one drop per read. You yeah. said that was why knobweave sap was so expensive. You said nothing about wild plants being weaker. And the guy's like, well, I didn't I didn't think you'd go and get, try gathering them. And, yeah. and Kaladin's like, the army doesn't know, do they? That you're, you're upcharging them. Yep. And it's not as hard to get as you pretend, but you're upcharging them. So you are making a crap ton of money. And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Kaladin's <laughs> like, well, I'll just go to the healing tent and tell them where I got this. And the guy's like, they won't believe you. They think you stole it. And he's Kaladin's like, doesn't care. He just starts to leave. And the apothecary shouts before he gets out the door. The apothecary shouts, I'll give a sky mark. That's half what I charge the military for this much. And Cowden's like, you charge them two sky marks for something that only takes a couple of days to go gather. Yeah. And uh, the apothecary's like, well, it's not just me. Literally everyone else is doing this. We decided on a fair price. And Cowden's like, that's fair. not fair. You call this fair? Yeah. Cowden's like, um, okay. And the guy's like, we have to make a living here, you know, which is, I, I, uh, I mean, I kind of get it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and basically, uh, he gives, um, Kaladin, he pulls out a, a, a sky mark to give Kaladin, which is a crap ton of money. Yep. Like for Kaladin, like he would not get this much money anywhere else. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of a, a little fortune to him, basically. It's actually, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kaladin says, I should expose you. Men die because of, of you. And the apothecary is like, no, they don't. The high princes have more than enough to pay this, considering what they make on the plateaus. We which supply is kind them- of fair. Yes. He says, we supply them with bottles of sap as often as they need them. All you do by exposing us is let monsters like Sidious keep a few more spheres in their pockets. Yeah. Which is is also is true. Like Colton said, it's true. Yeah. And uh Cowden, I did say that, didn't I? Cowden's aware aware of that. And he's like, Well, I guess this is, you know, I'll I'll take the deal, provided you throw in more bandages. And so basically he gets out with a, a sky mark and some bandages, which is really, really good. Yeah. And the apothecary is like, I, he's basically the apothecary says, stay away from those reeds. I'm surprised you found any nearby that haven't already been harvested. Yep. And Kaladin thinks, well, you don't have a windsprint who's helping you. Which <laughs> I feels ch- like cheating. I'm <laughs> cheating, so ha. Ha. But uh, that's basically their entire little conversation. And yep. Kaladin, Kaladin leaves. He leaves the the sap behind and he takes his, his sky mark and his bandages and heads on out. And Sil's like, are you worried that you're going to get found out and Calden's like well honestly I've got nothing else to lose so 
what does it really matter? Yep. Like I'm doing what I have to do. Like worst case scenario, I don't think this is something they're going to kill me over. Yep. But if they do, they do, I guess. If they do, I'm dead. Who cares? Yeah. Like it's not not a, a big deal. Uh, he talks briefly about his father and Sills like, he sounds like a very generous man. And then Kaladin says, for all the good it did him, which is depressing. Kaladin's a real Debbie Downer. Oh, for sure. He makes me real sad in this chapter. He's just like a real Debbie Downer yeah. boy. But as he's he's walking back to uh, his bridge um, yep. and his the barracks, he's thinking about the fact that he's thought about this multiple times. He could change his uh, scar on his forehead, his slave scar, to make it look like a battle scar instead and then probably like run away. almost his entire forehead Yes, off. and then try try to run away and desert. But he's like, I can't, I can't do that because if he did that, he would nothing, no place he would go would ever be better than where he was. Like yeah. he could try and do things, but he wouldn't ever be helping anyone. He would just be scrounging for, for food, money. Like it would just never... It would it would never work out for him. And so basically he decides that he's not going to run away because this is the best thing that he can do. And he wants to try and protect the the bridgemen because that feels like that's the only thing he can do. And he's already he already feels like he's failed so many other people. Yeah. That this is what he wants to do. For sure. And so uh time Good on moves him. on. Good on and him. yes, time moves on and Cowden and Gaz, our favorite human being ever, are together. Chasm duty. And yes, Gaz tells them that they have chasm duty. And so they were supposed to have the easiest thing in the day, which yeah. is uh, they were supposed to be assigned to cities to Smithy. And basically yeah. the Smithies don't really want their help. And so they like do like half work and it's yeah. the easiest thing. It's just kind of like time filling. It's not really doing yeah. work. Yeah. Um. But uh, chasm duty is the hardest. Yep. And grossest. Gaz and basically says he tells most Calden, humiliating. Yes. And Gaz basically tells Kaladin that the reason his bri- uh, Bridge 4 is getting it is because, he, so he says, you got me thinking the other day, nobody cares if Bridge 4 is given unfair work details. Everyone hates Chasm Duty. I figured you wouldn't care. Ah! Ah! I hate Gaz! Not a big fan of Gaz. Um, so he's just he's just kind of being a jerk. And basically, Gaz is like, you know, the others are really upset with you, you know, for what you did the other day, for bringing people in. And Kaladin's like, why does it matter? Yeah. They're people, Gaz. Like yeah. they deserve a chance to live. And Gaz is like, They'll die. They're going to die anyway. And Cowden's like, mm, bet. Bet. And Gaz is like, mmm. Gaz sus. thinks something's happening. In fact, he walked down to where they had been milking the reeds in the morning to yeah. try and see if he could find like any evidence of them doing anything. Yeah. He didn't. They tossed him in the chasm. They were smart about it. Yeah, they were. Yeah, which is good. Good. I feel like Gaz could find a way to get them killed easy. Yes. But basically, as uh, Gaz is walking away, he says, maybe I'll get lucky and a chasm fiend will eat you. Maybe I'll get lucky and a chasm fiend will eat a lot of you. Yeah, not great. Um, And then time skips again, and we find out what chasm duty is. So basically... Sydney, tell me what chasm duty is. Chasm duty. Sydney. Yes? What's chasm duty? Chasm duty? What's chasm duty? Chasm duty. (laughs) Sydney, what's chasm duty? Chasm duty. Yeah. Uh, Chasm duty is... uh, What is it? They go down into the chasms. Yeah. And they start rummaging around the dead bodies of the soldiers. Yep. To find loot. And they have to have a certain number of like stuff, a certain amount of stuff when they get back, or else they get in a crap ton of trouble. Yes. And if they find special, like the really expensive uh, spheres, yep. they actually get extra payment. Yeah. Which is not a lot. And but... part of the reason they hate Chasm Duty is because spheres could fit right in a bumhole. 
And so they get extensively searched as they return from a chasm duty. Yep. And so that's part of the reason they hate chasm duty so much. Yep. It's because they got to get, they get, they get strip searched essentially. Yep. Also, they got to walk around the chasms and, and loot dead bodies. Yeah. Mucky, stinky people. Mucky, sticky, rotted, dead people. Also risky because there's chasm fiends who could be down yep. there. If it starts to rain anywhere in the Shattered Plains, they could get flash flooded and killed. Yep. Risky, dangerous, terrible. And they force you to go down there because they need that armor. Yeah, basically. So that's what they're doing. Uh, Kaladin has not let them think that he this is his fault. Like He, he let them know that this was Gaz's doing. Like, Gaz did this to us. This is your fault, Gaz, not mine. Yeah, uh, so the others are upset with Gaz, which is good. Uh, Kaladin's talking to Teft and Rock, who Rock is now like my favorite character ever. <laughs> Love Rock. Rock Wait, is great. Can I read this little interaction? Yeah. Storms take that grem- that Kremlin gaz, says Teft, sending us down here when it isn't our turn. I'll have his beans for this. And Rock says, I am certain that he is very scared of you. Is probably back at camp crying in fear. Love Rock. I love Rock. Um, but as they they have just gone down the ladder and they find a a dead bridge man who had thrown himself off the chasm. Yeah. And Kaladin, Kaladin says respectfully, he says, may you someday find a place of honor in the tranquiline halls, fallen brother. And may we find a better end than you. And Which, so they, they stand there in uh, quiet for a moment. It's kind of cute. Yeah. It's very sweet that he did. I this. love how much respect they give the bridgeman and how little they give the art, the soldiers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get it because Me like too. that's their own, their people kind yeah. of, um, but they continue along along the chasm, uh, you know, start finding things. They pick up, they have like sacks that they carry along. Yeah. Uh, they pick up things as they find them. Um, they haven't found a whole whole lot, but as they're walking, uh, Rock, uh, Teft, and Kaladin are all talking. Um, they're talking about like the rains and stuff and people getting like, you know, uh, washed away. Yeah. And they just have a fun little interaction. It's really, really cute. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to describe it too, too much in detail, but. It's it's very sweet. Uh, Rock again is one of my favorite people ever. Uh, they actually talk about um, <laughs> Teft says something. He says uh, maybe it will be good if it rained. And uh, basically, he says, um, or sorry, Rock says maybe it will be good if it rained. He says it would give you a bath, which you very much need. And uh, Teft Teft says I'd take offense at that if if it weren't true. Then he sniffs around. He says, this place ain't much better. It smells worse than a horn eater's boots in winter down here. Or, uh, no offense. I mean, personally. And Rock, <laughs> or sorry, Kaladin is like, Teft, are you sure that's not supposed to not be offensive? That's, you, that can't mean uh, unoffensive. And Rock is like, yes, your, your insult has offended me. He says, if we were at the peaks, we would have a duel in the di- traditional Alatiki-y fashion. And Teft's like, what does that mean? And basically, th- when they dueled, the Horniers duel back back in Rock's homeland, their duels are they drink and sing. And whoever, wh- the person who wins the duel is the person who can continue singing after they're like drunk, drunk. The, the most drinks and still singing yep. is the winner, which I guess means it's hard. He, he, one of his points is, is hard to hate somebody when drunk and singing. Yes. And, so, <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> That's enough. such a fun thing they do. Love and that. I love it so much. Also, we learn why Rock is called Rock. Yeah. Okay. So if you remember, his actual name is, hold on, let me try this. Numahuku Maki Aki Ala Luna More is Rock's Nailed name. Nailed that. Thank you. 
And basically what that means is it's a description of a very special rock his father discovered the day before his birth. And that's what that means. And I mean, whatever. And basically the uh, Horn Eaters people, their whole names are like poems, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So they're very long. Also, they pull see. a new person into the conversation. Yes, they do. Hold on. Oh, yes. we They do pull. They pull Dunny into the conversation. Like he Because Cal is intentionally trying to get like the yes. other Bridgman to join um, them. Because they're laughing and talking, having a good old time while they're walking through the chasms. And yeah, they are. Some of the Bridgmen are like behind them trying to like talk to them. And, yeah. Some like, of the or like or, or creeping listening. up behind yeah. them. Yes. Yeah. And Dunny was the closest. So Cal and pulled Dunny into yeah. the conversation. Um, But basically, that's that's why Rock's name is Rock. Because he was named after a rock. Yeah, but it's it's cute to me. Uh, they also say that like their insults are from one of the poems too. Yep. Um, and Dunny hops in. Hey, you big buffoon! You smells like a wet hog. So go out by the moon and jump yourself in the bog. <laughs> and Rock just starts cracking up. Love Rock. Which is hilarious. Rock is so nice. And I'm a Cowden, big Rock fan. Cowden's like that. Almost sounds like a song, Dunny. And they convince Dunny to sing. And so Dunny starts to sing, and he's, like, good. He's a, like, he's really he's good. He's a pure tenor. And then Rock starts humming along, and it's just a whole thing. And it's just, it's it's good. Like, it's a good time. So I feel like Rock's m- music would be. Oh, yeah. The way that Rock talks is, like, it would sound kind of like that. For sure. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, but they have a really, a really good, cute little performance, a good interaction. It's really sweet. I really like this chapter a lot. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, it gets better at the end. The end is the best. Yes. Uh, but they, they have a really I'm good. I'm so excited for the end. Oh my gosh. Okay. Why did you act like that? <laughs> I got myself all excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's really cute. It's a very cute interaction. Um, they compliment Dunny, and Dunny blushes, and he, he seems to be walking more confidently, which is really good. I love you, Dunny. Yeah. Um, they continue to walk and they continue to find uh, corpses. And as they're walking, Cowden's making little white marks on the walls because that's his job as bridge leader to keep them from getting lost on the way back. Mm-hmm. And um, they're they're continuing to walk. You know, they're they're uh, talking still as they're working. They're they're finding different things, um, putting it in their sacks. It's really disgusting. <laughs> uh, gross stuff. Gross stuff. Gross stuff. Yeah, they you know are taking on the armor. You know, yada yada yada. Basically. This whole little section I'm going to skim through because it's just them finding the different uh, soldiers and taking taking their armor, taking their their spheres that's on them, taking their weapons, all of that. Um, and at one point, Kaladin finds a spear. Can we read this part? Yes, we can. Yeah. What are you planning to do, Lord Ling? A voice called. Going to ram that spear into your own gut. Cowden glanced up at the speaker. Moash, still one of Cowden's biggest detractors, stood near the line of corpses. How had he known to call Cowden Lordling? Had he been talking to Gaz? He claims to be a deserter, Moash said to Narm, the man working next to him. Says he was some important soldier, a squad leader or the like. But Gaz said that's all stupid boasting. They wouldn't send a man to the bridges if he actually knew how to fight. Cowden lowered the spear. Moash smirked, turning back to his work. Others, however, had now noticed Kaladin. Look at him, Sigzel said. Oh, bridge leader, you think that you're grand? That you are better than us? You think pretending that we're your own personal troop of soldiers will change anything? Leave him alone, Trehe said. He shoved Sigzel as he passed. At least he tries. Earless Jack snorted, pulling a boot free from a dead foot. He cares about looking important. Even if he was in the army, I bet he spent his days cleaning out latrines. It appeared that there was something that would pull the bridgemen out of their silent stupors. 
loathing for Kaladin. Others began talking, calling Gibes. His fault we're down here. Wants to run us ragged during our only free time, just so he can feel important. Sent us to carry rocks to show us he could shove us around. Bet he's never held a spear in his life. Kaladin closed his eyes, listening to their scorn, rubbing his fingers on the wood. Never held a spear in his life. Maybe if he'd never picked up that first spear, none of this would have happened. He felt the smooth wood, slick with rainwater, memories jumbling in his head. Training to forget, training to get vengeance, training to learn and make sense of what had happened. Without thinking about it, he snapped the spear up under his arm into a guard position, point down. Water droplets from its length sprayed across his back. Moash cut off in the middle of another guide. The bridgeman sputtered to a stop. The chasm became quiet. And Kaladin was in another place. He was listening to Tux chide him. He was listening to Tien laugh. He was hearing his mother tease him in her clever, witty way. He was on the battlefield, surrounded by enemies, but ringed by friends. He was listening to his father tell him with a sneer in his voice that spears were only for killing. You could not kill to protect. He was alone in a chasm deep beneath the earth, holding the spear of a fallen man, fingers gripping the wet wood, a faint dripping, a faint dripping coming from somewhere distant. Strength surged through him as he spun the spear up into an advanced kata. His body moved of its own accord, going through the forms he'd trained in so frequently. The spear danced in his fingers, comfortable, an extension of himself. He spun with it, swinging it around and around, across his neck, over his arm, in and out of, in and out of jabs and swings. Though it had been months since he'd even held a weapon, his muscles knew what to do. It was as if the spear itself knew what to do. Yay! It's so cool. Yeah, Kaladin does a cool little dance. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's cool. And so after he does that, he thinks about how much he missed it. And he looks up and literally every single person is staring at him. Like dumbfounded. Yes, they're like, oh. And... You can dance? Yeah, you can do this? Katas and aren't dances. I Kaladin, know, hey, hey, hey. I know katas aren't dances. They're different. I always <laughs> just think of them as dances because yeah. I think it's silly. But yeah. I know that they're really not. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but he he drops the the spear into a pile of weapons and he's like, everyone back to work. I don't want to be down here in the dark. And so they all start going back and Rock and Teft come up to them and Teft's like, what was that? And Kaladin's like, it was meaningless. Doesn't matter. Just meant to like work the muscles and stuff. It's a lot showier than it is useful. And Teft's like, I've seen those before, but never one like that. The way you move, the speed, the grace. And? And there was some sort of spren zipping around you between your sweeps, glowing with a pale light. It was beautiful. And Rock's like, you can see that? So... They can see still. They can well, see still. Well, not now. They well, they can't. But they, they, all, can they could see still. They could see still. They could see still. They could see still. Yeah, I have a theory about that later. Okay. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll just do it now. I think that... For whatever reason, when Kaladin gets into his thing, he can, like, into his own, like, world, he, like, can shoot off light. I don't know. (laughs) I think that, I think that he can make Syl visible. Visible. Yes. Um, Why? Or she made herself visible, I guess. That's also a possibility. But I just think that Kaladin has, he, he's got some light in him. (laughs) <laughs> whatever that means you know honestly when i was reading this i was imagining him like sparkling yeah fair enough while he was doing it i'm sure he wasn't but that's yeah, how no. i pictured it um anyways uh moving on uh uh rock is like 
you know, they're all they're all just like, wow, that was that was amazing. You you could you could challenge a shard bearer. You could become a bright lord and count. I don't like, want to be a bright lord, Dad. Sounds like a whiny baby. He didn't say dad. But yeah, but yes. it sounds like a whiny baby. <laughs> it kind of does. Um, and they're just trying to like convince him. Like, and Kaladin's like, "Wait, where's Dunny?" Wait, he says, "I don't want to be a light bright lord. Sorry. Besides, I tried that once." And Captain's like, "I'm sorry. What?" <laughs> and Kaladin's like, "Where's Dunny?" <laughs> Kaladin, I don't want to talk about it. And we're moving on, and uh, they're like, Rock and Tap look at each other like, mm, "Okay," and then uh, they. Uh, basically find out, Kaladin finds out that they found some dead Parshendi around the bend. And so they go, they go and look at them. And uh, he's like, they might have something valuable. And Rock says, yeah, they do. And they have gemstones in their beards, which is really awesome. And Kaladin's like, well, they have armor too. And Rock's like, nah, they don't have armor. And Kaladin's like, I've literally seen the, them with armor before, Rock. I know they have armor. And Rock's like, well, you'll see. We can't take this armor. And yeah. they get there, and Kaladin tries to take the armor off. And basically, we learn the Parshendi grow their own armor. It's like grown into their skin, yeah. Which is freaky. Yeah. They're not just normal bridge. Basically, everyone needs to learn very quickly. They're not just normal Parshmen. I feel like this book, it says it three times, the three different characters. Yeah. They're not normal Parshmen. Yeah. They're their own thing. Yep. But basically, they can grow... They can grow their their own the way, armor. Remember, Parchment are just like slaves, basically. Yes. We don't we haven't seen them in a long time, but they're just basically little slave boys. Yeah. Um, but so after that, they start uh taking the gemstones off out of their beards, they take their weapons, and Cowden holds up one of the knives and is like, Look, there's glyphs on this. And the uh Dunny's like, I can't read them. Obviously. What do you want from me? And Cowden's <laughs> like, Oh, right, forgot. I can read them. You can't. Yeah. But Cowden can't read these either. Like mystery glyphs. Yeah, they're like different, but they're very like really nicely carved. Yeah, elegant. And they're very fancy, and he's like, "This is weird because the Parshendi out there are supposed to be barbarians, but this shows that they have some kind of culture." Right. So what is right. this? And he thinks that um on the knives that it's a picture of one of the heralds. Yeah, is what he thinks, and so he's very confused about that. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. Yeah. Um. I am too. Yes. Uh, but as they start to walk back. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. I appreciate it. Um, but as they start to walk back, uh, Rock is like, you know, you're doing a good job here. You do good work, is what Rock says. I'm thinking that yeah. in a few weeks, these men will be yours. And Kaladin's like, we don't have a few weeks. We have to win them over now or else half of them will be dead. And Rock's like, well, that's sad. That's depressing. What do we do? And Kaladin says, I have a plan. He says, meet me after we're searched. We're going to the camp market. And Rock says, very well. What will be our purpose in this thing? And Kaladin says, we're going to try my secret weapon. And Rock's like, what's your secret weapon? And Kaladin's like, it's you. And so the chapter skips forward. And it's two hours later. And they've gone uh, to the the market. And they're coming back. And basically... They have a, they got they bought a cauldron using the money that uh, Kaladin got from the uh, knobweed knobweed sap. Uh, they buy knobweed stuff. They buy stuff to make a stew, and Rock starts to cook and make a stew, which is really adorable. Because Rock is a cook, that's his thing. Yep, that he was, was a cook. he was a cook back when he was not a bridge man. Yep, and so he uh, he starts to, to to cook, and the whole idea is they start a fire, they start to cook. The whole idea is that hopefully they can get people out, like the, can get the people of Bridge Four to come and eat stew because who would turn down free food? Yeah. And 
So basically, they do. The first person who comes out is a guy named Scar. And Kaladin says, will you join us, please? And Scar says, I joined the Night Watcher herself around a fire if there was stew involved. <laughs> and Tef's like, be careful. That's a horn eater stew. Might be snail shells or crab claws floating it. And Rock's like, there is not. He says, is unfortunate that you have unrefined lowlander taste. But I prepare the food such as I am ordered by our dear bridge leader. And basically, Kaladin is able to get a bunch of people out. Everyone. Every single person comes out, sits around the fire, eats stew, and uh, Dunny starts to sing. Yeah. And the next morning, so it t- skips forward, and it's the next morning, and Cowden calls all the bridgemen to get up. Three quarters of them do. The only one who people who do- don't are Moash, uh, Sigzil, Narm, and a couple of others who are the really loud complainers. Yep. Not a fan of Moash. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And the others uh, who come, he says, the others who come to his call look surprisingly refreshed despite the long evening spent singing and eating. When he ordered them to join him in practice carrying the bridge, almost all of those who had risen joined him. Not everyone, but enough. Yeah. And basically, he thinks that the others who haven't will eventually. And so he's he just has really good, he's got some hope right now. Yeah. Which is really awesome. And I think that's such a great spot to end, honestly. It's a great ending for this week. Ends on a good note. It a does. A happy note. I agree. I love Kaladin and I love rock. I actually think I love rock more. Okay, that's all. <laughs> Your little song, Sydney. You loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, do we have any theories about what's going to happen next? No, I don't think so. Uh, they're just going to keep doing that, I assume. What's the deal with Kaladin? What do you mean? Just what's the deal with Kaladin? He's got some special some special powers what that we they? don't know about. I don't know yet. But I think it has something to do with... Well, it's got to do why Sill's attracted to him. Yeah. I think that he's got some kind of like. I also think it has something to do with the spheres. Okay. So you remember how his spheres like lost the little, the light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I'm gonna stop there. Well, you're gonna stop there. Yep. You're a <laughs> make a, to make additional step. <sighs> I think that Kaladin is somehow um, like he gets the power from the from the the spheres similar so similar think, to what and i think that's why Wait, similar to what what do you mean like in what way i don't know i just think he like inhales them <laughs> unknowingly oh uh, <laughs> um, anyways sydney it hurts how close you are <laughs> it bugs me how close you are i want you to make the one jump okay um no but uh, let me continue okay and i think i think that's why sill is attracted to him because he's got the okay. power from the spheres in them the storm the storm no it's not stormlight yeah stormlight that's that's what is, what... is it stormlight yeah because you put him in the storm and they okay. get they get refilled yeah, remember yeah, yeah. yeah the st- he's got the stormlight in him i think that's why he did when he did his little dancey thing Akata. Yeah, he still was able to be visible because yeah, stormlight powers. By the way, uh, we want to say thank you. Uh, Sydney's mom left a comment. I think it was my aunt, actually. Oh, so I'll go read the, the actual name. Remember. Someone left a comment on our Instagram page with their own theory, which I believe is a theory, but they their theory was too close to the truth, so I wasn't allowing Sydney to read it, um, which... It was uh, Jez Girl twenty five. My aunt, yeah. Your aunt left a comment. I appreciate the comment. It was really, really nice. We really liked reading it. I didn't let Sydney read it, read it though because your guess was very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you for that comment. I think I'm on the right track though. I think you're close. Um, all right. Is there anything else you need to do? Um, nope. Okay. Now it's time to rank the characters. Okay, we did it. We done did. We got it done. Um, and so now we are into the um, 
uh, rank the character section. So I'm going to read you week eight's final ranking and tell you a little bit Whoa. why. Let's read who was in these chapters first. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So I'll, I'll read real quick uh, who all we saw. So the first chapter we saw Kaladin, Liren, Tarith, Relina, Hasina, Tian, and Rashon. Yep. And then the second chapter we saw Latima, Dalinar, Renarin, Adeline, Sadius, and Taleb. And yep. then the final one, not counting Kaladin because we already saw him. We saw Teft, Rock, Gaz, Dunny, Scar, Moash, Sil, Sigzil, Jax, and Drehe. And Haber. Haber's oh, not and, on that uh, list, Haber, but we also yeah. saw Haber. Yes, Haber too. Okay. And so... Our, our rankings. Rock made it. Woo! Rock! This chapter. Rock, let's go. I love Rock. Kaladin was too whiny in this chapter. Yes, followed by Kaladin, who was whiny, but was doing his best. Followed by Syl, because we love her. And she didn't really do much this she chapter, She didn't do much this chapter. Then Dalinar and Adolin come next with Ronarin, because yep. Ronarin's really cute. Yep. Then Teft, for a very similar reason to Rock. Um... Why is Tien on this? Oh, from the old chapters. Yeah, Tien, because Tien's cute. Yep, Tien's I was like, adorable. I was like, Tien is dead, but I understand now. He's not dead yet. Not in the, we not in the prequels. Yeah. Part. Then Dunny, because Dunny can sing and is beautiful. Then Hasina and Liren, because they're the parents. Then Haber, because Haber is nice. Now we're into the area, I think, of characters who I kind of am neutral to. Um, Taleb, Lidima, Scar, Drehi, Jackson, Tarith, and Relinga. And then characters I don't like, but I don't want to die, Six Zill and Rochon. Yep. And the characters I do want to die in the Wish You Were Dead tier. Yep. We got Moash, Sadius, and Gaz, all of which are pretty self-explanatory. Our Wish You Were Dead tier has grown a few times. Yeah, we finally got some actual dead people. Yeah, seriously. Um, and now it's time to move on to the top five and bottom five. Sydney, read us the top five, bottom five from last week. Okay, our top five from last week was Sill, Kaladin, Wit, Rock, and Dalinar. And the new top five? The new top five is Kaladin. Because, he's, because we love Kaladin. He was in the chapter. Rock because, yeah, Rock. L Rock did real good work this week. Love Rock. But Kaladin still beats him overall. Yep. Still, uh, unfortunately, moved down a little because she has done like nothing this week. She was very un uneventful. Yes, uneventful. And Rock and Kaladin did more. And yeah. I love Rock. Yes. Um, And then Dalinar. Uh, cool guy. Old moved guy. up a little bit. He's cool. And then Adeline's back on the list. Yep. So he's come back. Wick got um, kicked right back off. Was yep. on here for one week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now our bottom part from last week. Our bottom five from last week was Nambalat, Moash, Sadius, Gaz, and Elokar. And this week, our bottom five is Rashon because he seems sucks. like a crappy person. Seems like he sucks. Um, yeah. Elokar moved up to number two on this because he wasn't we don't, bad. We don't really like him, but he last also week he was, was like awful. not in the ship. Last week he sucked. He was not all in here at. He was not in this section at all. But overall, no, the, is others, than the others Elicar. are getting worse. Yeah, Elokard does worse by being seen. Yes. Um, and then we have Moash because Moash is a butthole. Yep. And then we have Sadius because Sadius is a butthole. And then back on his throne. And back on his throne of last place, we have Gaz, where he should rightfully belong. Absolutely. He got dethroned very briefly last week, but he is back to where he deserves to be. As the worst person possible. Yep. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Um, we want to say also thank you to um, uh, Alesia for the intro and outro of our program. It's yep. called Win Runner Remake, and it's amazing. Yep. Uh, and also, we want to say thank you to you for being here. Absolutely. Make sure you read next week. Sydney, what are they going to read? So next week, you're reading chapter 28, and then you're reading the three interludes. So interlude four, five, and six. 28, four, five, and six. Make sure you have those red or else Sydney will. Nothing bad happened this week. I feel like you could find something. Oh, man. 
just rip you to shreds with a group of people. Just like as as a team, verbally rip you to shreds. Make you oh, feel like no. the smallest little individual. No, that's so mean. That's the only thing that really happened. So Cindy's <laughs> going to do that right to you. I thought you were going to say something along the lines of like, me looting your dead body or nah, something. Nah, nah, ripping you to shreds. <laughs> but ripping you to shreds verbally, I guess, is worse. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week. My name is Colin Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.